Victory Studios in downtown Little Rock. This is Capital View. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome into Capital View. I'm Jay Burr. In 2018, Arkansas voters approved Amendment 100 authorizing the expansion of Oaklawn and Southland into full-fledged casinos. The amendment also allowed the licensing of new casinos in Jefferson and Pope counties with the approval of local elected officials. The Saracen Casino Annex set to open in Jefferson County next month. The Department of Finance and Administration releasing revenue numbers recently and here to discuss the latest on this industry here. State Senator Keith Ingram of West Memphis. Representative Vivian Flowers joining us via FaceTime from Pine Bluff and State Representative Les Warren here of Hot Springs. Um, so guys, let's just get into it here. Uh, Senator Ingram, I know you said uh, you were a little surprised about some of the numbers, uh, at least when it comes to how much was wagered at Southland compared to Oakland. I guess kind of why is that? No, I don't think I said that I was surprised. I said I think people in the state of Arkansas were surprised. Okay. We have known uh, the volumes that Southland right. has done over the years, which from the time of electronic games of skill to date, they have already, they have always, uh, the numbers have always been about one and a half times mm -hmm. what Oakland does. All right, and is there kind of a reason for that? I, I know there's a lot of that Memphis, uh, obviously you guys have to deal with Tunica a lot over in that region as well. Uh, I guess what, what are your thoughts on just why that is and, and why it's booming over there? I, I think a couple of reasons and certainly the Memphis market is uh, a huge market right. that had gone to Tunica. But when the floods came in 2011, yeah. Southland was ready to take that business on and they did a great job with it and those people strictly uh, began to come to West Memphis and never went back to Tunica. Uh, the tracks in the, the track in West Memphis is pretty well taking the day business mm -hmm. away from Tunica. What Tunica is doing now, they've got a lot of convention business, sure. and with the hotel that's being constructed and the convention center, uh, I think that uh, the track there will cut into that. So some some of that uh, old habits die hard. Now they've kind of gotten into the habit of going over there to uh, to West Memphis here. Uh, some of the numbers though, uh, before the uh, Amendment 100 passed, uh, we were looking at about 18 percent. Uh, of all these revenues or the taxable revenues going to the state and then 1.5 and then 0.5 to the county and the city uh, correspondingly. Uh, not much has changed on that. I know that the, the overall number has, has dropped down to what, about 13.5% in terms of uh, the taxing up to $150 million and then 20% after that, is that right? Yes, it's a flat rate. And what we've seen on the projections on the local level mm -hmm. is that it's about double the, about the, the money uh, that uh, for the county and the mm -hmm. cities, and it's following along with the projections that they were that that, that were made before the election. Now I know uh, on the surface, and Senator Warren, you can jump in on this too. Uh, we see beforehand revenues uh, taken in by the state about 70 million or 60 million, excuse me, uh, kind of dropped down to about 31. Kind of a big jump when you look at it uh, like that. But but you guys uh, think that's not necessarily the case, at least as of right now. Well, you know with. With ours, and I, I, I certainly understand the, the Memphis pool, we're a, a tourist community. We don't have the uh, count as far as people driving by. Sure. It's great uh, having Memphis that close, I-40, a uh, little bit more difficult to get to us, but right now we're construction zones. <laughs> so uh, the, and amazingly, I went to a meeting out there uh, last week and you cannot believe even with construction and more difficulty getting in, the, the places are packed. Yeah. And so they're still coming. Even with the huge addition to the gaming coming, uh, the resort coming. So it's exciting to watch. 
so I, I, I think the numbers uh, may be a little drop right now, mm -hmm. but I think you're going to see the numbers uh, come storming back. So you guys aren't necessarily alarmed at, at initially the intake being about 40 million less? No, I think uh, that's a short term until all the casinos get up and running and right. you're going to have more money. Uh, you know, it went from, I think, in the original, governor's original budget from a $38 million mm -hmm. hole to uh, a $31 million uh, uh, projection right. and and I think that in a short period of time we see uh, DF&A had, had originally said that the casinos would be at least 18 months to 24 months mm -hmm. being in business so they, they, they budgeted accordingly but we already see that the casino in Pine Bluff is going to be open next month yeah. so, so those revenues are going to start flowing. And I guess, uh, Representative Flowers, you can jump in on that. Uh, I guess, what's, what's sort of the vibe down there in Pine Bluff when it comes to uh, opening that up? Uh, I want to say it's uh, October 1st is the, uh, the deadline for that, or, or the target right. date, I should say. I think the vibe here is um, of anticipation more than anything. I think for people who may have been solidly against it, and I was one of those people, and for folks who were solidly for it, the bottom line is it's here now, a majority, significant majority of my constituents voted for it, and it's anticipation. People want jobs, people want growth, people want development, and I would just add that, you know, I think Pine Bluff has a unique opportunity, but is also in a very unique, uh, uniquely distinctive position because of the fact that you know, we're not already um, a highly developed tourist destination like Hot Springs, and we are not um, so closely adjacent to a metropolis like Memphis. So we're sort of an island unto ourselves economically um, in great need of growth and development. So I think that what's gonna be really, really pertinent for not only the, um, the profitability of Saracen, but also the growth and the development of jobs and the growth and development of businesses outside of the casino is really responsible growth and investment in the city. And I think that's what everybody wants, no matter what side they fell down um, on the vote, we're here now. And I think people wanna see that investment and they want the jobs, they want contracts, they want to see the benefits that they were promised, and, and we're all anticipating that. Hey, and I'm glad you, uh, you said that. I want to touch on that here. But first, uh, just to get to some numbers here, uh, for West Memphis, uh, the city itself got about, was it three and a half million yeah. uh, in this last uh, year? And then the county of Crittenden, 1.1. Uh, Obviously, you know, big boost uh, to those budgets accordingly. Uh, I mean, how big of an impact is that really to, to both those entities? Well, it allows them to provide services that they normally wouldn't be able to provide. And with the amount of visitors that come in, it does require extra fire police, obviously. Right. But, but those numbers are the projected numbers and they're tracking on that. About 3.6 million, I think, for the city and about 1.1 for the county. And for Hot Springs, uh, 2.1 and 732,000, uh, kind of respectively there. Uh, I mean, obviously. And the, and the same thing. I mean, yeah. you, you have, I mean, uh, the police are, are more active in the area. Sure. Uh, making sure safety is a key issue. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're grateful. And I think the one thing else that you need to look at too outside just that is your advertising promotion taxes that are paid sure. from ancillary people visiting hotels, people eating in restaurants, 
that is up in, in uh, corresponding. Now, do you guys have uh, sort of a corresponding sort of percentage of, of an increase we've seen in some of that stuff that sort of uh, is impacted by uh, the casinos and the tracks? Well, I, I can tell you that uh, I run a title company in Hot Springs, mm -hmm. and real estate, you typically have it start trailing off about right now. Real estate is still very active in Hot Springs. Uh, we've got new hotels. We Our downtown has had so many new uh, businesses open. Uh, it is, once this announcement was made mm -hmm. uh, by Louis Sella, uh, it, there was an electricity that was created and Hot Springs is just a different place right now. Different so, vibe going on. Uh, you know, more jobs, uh, new, new places, uh, people looking to come there. We're working to uh, add some amenities. We've opened uh, new biking trails. Uh, Walton family has helped with that. Mm -hmm. uh, it is just really neat to see the energy that has just uh, evolved with all of this. And I went to the announcement uh, when Louis Sella came down to say that they were going to build the resort, expand the gaming, and it blew me away that the uh, opening date was to be December of 2020. I'm going, wait, 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 this is May of uh, 18. Yeah. Uh, or 19. 19, yeah. 19. And so even quicker. So I'm, like, I'm like, wow, you're going to build all that in a year and a half. Uh, but it's happening. Yeah, uh, we're going to touch a little bit more on this here. Coming up after the break, we will continue this conversation on how casinos are impacting the natural state. You're watching Capital View Sunday morning. Welcome back to Capital View. We continue our conversation, the impact of casinos here in Arkansas. The Saracen Casino Annex Q store set to open in Jefferson County October 1st. In August, more than 1,000 people attended a job fair, many of them actually leaving with offers. So, Representative Flowers, uh, bring you back on here. And this one, uh, you're seeing some of those benefits pretty quickly out the gate here. I know they've really uh, accelerated their uh, project down there. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. kind of what are you what are you seeing when you see those numbers uh, from Crittenden, West Memphis, and the Hot Springs area? What does that get you thinking about down there for for Jefferson County and the Pine Bluff area? Well, I sort of touched on this earlier, and I would reiterate, but add more to the hope for more investment because I think you know, for example, what is opening up soon is not going to actually be the full. Um, casino hotel resort sure. it's gonna be you know an annex next to a gas station and while I'm appreciative of those jobs and appreciative that there will be some job starts and there's some um, construction you heard less talking about um, you know bike trails and housing starts and those are not the kinds of things that we're seeing here as a matter of fact I believe that there are some housing starts in Redfield but not in so I just feel very strongly that we have to work together, um, city and state government and county government, to ensure that um, since we didn't get the kind of um, stimulus investment promised that, for example, Russellville did, I think Russellville is probably a more um, comparable uh, a locale when you look at what we can expect you know they're sort of in the middle of the state with and they're not a tourist destination and so 
you know, their deal, their license came with the promise of, I believe it was $34 million investment in that area. And so we did not get that stimulus. We did not get those promises. And what my hope and prayers are is that on the back end, without the benefit of a memorandum of understanding or a contract or a community benefits agreement, that we will get those investments on the back end because it, everyone wins with that kind of investment. Because we're not only going to be competing, you know, really against ourselves in terms of um, wanting to see more extended growth and economic vitality, we're going to be competing with West Memphis and with Hot Springs and with Russellville. So without the benefit of that stimulus or an adjacent metropolitan area or a tourism infrastructure, we're kind of running behind the eight ball. And I and my hope is that investment in um, things like a Pine Bluff Promise and in infrastructure and in business starts. And that doesn't necessarily just come from Saracen. That comes from our local businesses as well and our banks and our nonprofits. I just think we have to come together and make those things happen if we want to see the kind of things that are happening in Hot Springs uh, and West Memphis happen in Pine Bluff. Well, there you go. Hit the nail on the head. Maybe catch some of the traffic that I guess would have gone to Tunica normally. Now they stopped there in Pine Bluff. Um, great conversation here. Uh, we could definitely do this you know, show after show, but, uh, uh, but uh, Representative Flowers, I do want to get you, you've got a, something that you're trying to introduce into interim study, I believe, next week. Uh, I know you're, you've been a real proponent yeah. of the recycling. Uh, talk to us about that. So it's a container deposit law that would, um, and it, <laughs> we actually ran it in committee and it didn't get out. I think we could have gotten it out of committee running it a second time, but instead we wanted to study the issue and provide more education. There are several states, I want to say there are seven or eight states right now that in the 70s and 80s established container deposit laws. And what they do is require a deposit on the front end of aluminum, glass, and um, plastic containers and take that money to promote uh, recycling. We kind of did a little bit of a different twist and we wanted to not only utilize our dollars for um, to promote recycling and um, kind of close that loop and make the recycling available across the state, which more, you know, the littering uh, impacts our smaller cities and our rural areas a lot more than our metropolitan areas, but our metropolitan areas are the ones that have the opportunity to recycle. So we, you know, established um, a plan in the bill that would create recycling opportunities, enable nonprofits and small businesses to benefit. Uh, attra and it's a huge booming business. It would enable us to attract um, businesses that could use those materials to actually come to Arkansas and um, open up facilities. Uh, and some of the money would actually go to um, help our uh, water infrastructure in our rural areas as well as our county roads. So I think it was a pretty dynamic um, bill and we're hopeful that we can look at some other ways. You know, I'm working with some of the bottling companies to look at see uh, to look to see how we can take advantage of other ways um, that we can benefit from recycling as well as looking at whether or not we need to take a look at um, the container deposit law again. And across the country, you know, people have sort of uh, gotten nervous about recycling because of uh, China. Before the Trump tariffs, we still had some issues with regard to China closing its um, 
shores to our recycled materials. And um, now we need to do like them and utilize our own materials and uh, make money from our own materials and close that recycling loop in the country and in the state of Arkansas. Oh, man, I can't wait to see that tech coming up. So we just made this the uh, Vivian Flowers block. Uh, I don't know what you guys got going on this week, but uh, I know you guys got a lot of meetings going on. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on there in Magnolia, too, this week. Well, uh, I'm not sure about Magnolia, but we are, uh, Senator Ingram and I are both working on the Retirement Committee. We have meetings uh, next week in Bentonville and right in the northwest Fort, Fort Smith. Smith yeah. And then the following week, we go to the Senator's area. We'll be in Jonesboro and then West Memphis. Uh, letting retirees uh, have and participants in the plans uh, have a say in what's happening. All right, so you guys can follow along. ARPX is the hashtag on Twitter and all that good stuff here. Gentlemen, thank you for, for stopping by. I know you guys are real busy. Uh, Representative Flowers, we also appreciate your time as well. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we take a look at your top political headlines. You're watching Capitol View Sunday morning. A Senate committee put Google, Facebook, and Twitter on notice last week. Jesse Tenura reports lawmakers want to know how the Internet and social media giants intend to prevent violent people from using the platforms to promote violence. We just don't allow the violence, period. Facebook, Twitter, and Google told lawmakers they have made progress toward protecting users from online hate and violence. The companies say over the past two years, they have removed millions of violent posts, suspended thousands of accounts, and hired hundreds of employees to search out hate speech that might encourage terrorism. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker says the social media giants still have work to do. This is a matter of serious importance to the safety and well-being of our nation's communities. And Florida Senator Rick Scott pointed to a major failure. Someone with the username Nicholas Cruz had posted a comment on a YouTube video that said, I am going to be a professional sh school shooter. Less than six months later, a gunman with the same name killed 17 people at a Parkland, Florida high school when Scott was governor. He asked the representative from Google, which owns YouTube, what happened. I don't have the details on this the specific facts you're describing. But the companies say Parkland and other tragedies highlight why they've made it a priority to work more closely with each other and with law enforcement. Removing content alone will not stop those who are determined to cause harm. The companies and agencies now have better information sharing and technology, but say many times the content just moves to darker corners of the internet. The threat environment that we are in today as a country has changed and evolved in the past 24 to 36 months. As the platforms work to keep up, members of Congress plan to ask the Department of Justice for its help, too. In Washington, I'm Jesse Tenor. State Senator Jim Hendren introducing a vaping bill. The bill looks to tax e-cigarettes just like tobacco products, and marketing to minors would be prohibited. The draft bill would also prohibit vaping and the use of e-cigarettes in all locations where tobacco smoking is prohibited under the Arkansas Clean Indoor Air Act. The bill proposes using revenues from this tax to go towards school safety improvements. Walmart also announcing Friday that they will halt the sale of e-cigarettes, saying they will sell through their current inventory. The state plant board met last week to discuss changes to the current dicamba use rule. The plant board approved an amended draft rule for dicamba application. During the 2020 growing season, applicators of the dicamba product must have a printed GPS map if asked for one. However, the use of dicamba during burndown is permanently restricted. The proposed rule change will be sent to the governor. If he approves it, there will be a 30-day public comment period. 
The Arkansas House will consider a resolution in October to expel Republican State Representative Mickey Gates. He pleaded no contest to charges that he failed to pay state income taxes for the past six years. Gates has refused to resign and will actually run for re-election. The House is allowed by law to be the judge of its members, but it can only expel a member once for the same offense. Voters re-elected Gates in 2018 while multiple felony charges were pending against him. A proposal Friday giving Little Rock School District some level of control back to the district. There will be actually be a nine member local board with limited authority. Schools with a grade D or higher will operate under the local school board and also those that are undergoing reconfigurations. Now what those are will be up to the state. Schools with a failing grade will operate under different leadership in conjunction with that local school board. State Senator Joyce Elliott says this will divide the district and also the city of Little Rock. Most of the people, most of the city will have a regular school board. They'll be treated one way. And the one part of the city where I live and where many people who look like me live, we will still be under the auspices of somebody else that we have no idea who that is. And then there, that's the third group in the middle under some kind of reconfiguration that we don't know what that is. The state says this is just a framework and specifics will be discussed in the weeks to come. We're back to wrap it up. After this, you're watching Capital View on Sunday morning. You're watching Capital View, Sunday morning talk focused on the political scene in Arkansas. Well, that's it for today's show. You can find all our Capital View episodes on our website, krk.com. We're back with an all-new Capital View next week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.